Filmmaker Commentary, episode 68. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary, where we give you insights from our favorite filmmaking commentaries. These commentaries can be heard on your DVD and Blu-rays of your favorite movies. We'll show you how you can use these commentaries and apply them to improve your video production and filmmaking techniques. All of this here on Filmmaker Commentary. I'm your host, Reginald Titus Jr. Welcome to Filmmaker Commentary. I'm Reginald Titus Jr. I'm joined with... KCG Smith. Welcome back, sir. Good to be back, sir. And today we are going over Training Day, directed by Antoine Fuqua, 2001, written by David Ayers. Uh, this won an award for Oscar, won an Oscar for Best Actor in a Leading Role with Denzel Washington. First time. A budget of $45 million. Yes, sir. We had a domestic box office of $76.6 million, with a foreign box office of $28 point two four million for a worldwide of a hundred and four point eight million. That's a win. That is a win indeed. Was it scored uh was that composed by Dr. Dre by chance? Uh it says the composer here according to IMDB Pro is Mark Mancina. Okay. I don't know why Dr. Dre was involved with this um score or maybe not the score but maybe he was soundtrack maybe was he the music supervisor? Let's let us see can't have a landscape of L.A. without having a Dre song. The D-R-E. Somewhere. I did not see him under the uh, sound department or mixing. Or Before we dive further into training day, let's talk about news and movies watched. News and movies watched. What's in the news lately? All right. So we have uh, Disney on the cusp, as of the recording of this podcast, of actually, honestly, smashing the previous record they set for international box office within a year. Last year, for the whole year of 2018, Disney did $7.61 at the box office, according to Variety, right? $7.61 Keep that in mind. Now, we are only halfway through 2019, and they've earned $7.67 billion at the halfway mark. So they've already passed what they did last year in its totality. Wow. Now, a couple of things to, to keep in mind. Um, number one, uh, Avengers uh, Endgame has now surpassed Avatar and is the highest grossing film of all time. How'd you feel about that? That all is right in the world. <laughs> yes, I felt quite, quite good about that. Very, very happy. I didn't, I didn't think I was going to hit it and all of a sudden it, it was, out and I was yeah, like, randomly in the news like, yeah. hey, we won. Like, how sway? Now do your thing, Avengers. Um, but so something to keep in mind is that we have uh, Aladdin has crossed the billion dollar mark. Yeah. Uh, Toy Story Four is likely to cross the billion dollar mark. Okay. Uh, Lion King, the remake, is on track to crack one billion after just two weeks in the theaters. It's already sitting at nine hundred and sixty-two million after just two weeks in the theater. Now we are still waiting. Also, later on this year in in, in July, we get Frozen Two. We have a sequel to Maleficent. And we have a Star Wars movie. The Rise of the Skywalker dropping should be in in December. Whenever a Disney movie can get my son, who loves Marvel and Spider-Man and all things Marvel, uh, can get him to go to a film that also his cousin, who is two years younger than him, is a girl. And they can both enjoy the film, which I'm assuming might happen with this Lion King thing. Sure. Anytime I see that happening, I know there's a hit. Absolutely. And it rarely happens, but this is probably the second time. I can't remember the first film, um, but this has happened before. 
and that last one was a hit as well. Again, all you know, pretty much all those are films mm-hmm. you can bring families to. Yeah, you bring families. That's more box office. Um, kind of built built in. So yeah, that was some of the uh, the big news. Um, I think it's going down now. I mean, Disney is just making money hand over fist. I mean, they might. Who knows? I mean, they might end up clearing ten, twelve billion this year. I mean, promotions, I bonuses for everyone this year. Hmm? I assume Star Wars. That's going to at least make two bill. Dang, Star. Really? It's Star Wars. I haven't been tracking Star Wars. Star Wars. Is, is Star Wars is minimum a billion, and this is the last for of the this next new, title. For the next title, mm-hmm, uh, comes out in December, and this is like kind of the end of this this current trilogy. Uh-huh. Have their titles been performing like that? Like the last title, did it hit a billion as well? Um, the uh, that was because um, the last one I saw was the one with uh, had some controversy around it. <laughs> yeah, that was um, not the Force Awakens, but that was the Last Jedi. And then the one with uh, was it Donald Glover? Oh, that was so uh, solo, Han Solo movie. Yeah, Last Jedi made one point three billion. Okay, so these pump out billions like it's nothing. Yeah, so this this yeah this one is gonna yeah. So Disney's making money. Y'all. That's okay, just what we're saying. <laughs> and how much did they buy that whole franchise for? Is that five hundred million for the franchise? Star Wars? I don't know. No, I don't remember. They, they paid more than that. They did. They paid a couple of billion. A couple of billion. Okay, I don't remember the number. I was just throwing something out. Maybe there. four billion. I'd, I'd roughly say maybe like four billion. Really? For yeah, for um, dang Lucas Films. So yeah, so they got to get their money back. <laughs> They've already. I mean, got it. They yeah. I mean, because Force Awakens was over the two billion mark. Okay, and then um, we also the money after, which people don't talk about. What's the what, what's the money they're making after that since then? And just and just think the licensing alone, like. I, I mean, because when they got Star Wars, what that also meant is not only a resurgence in the, in the toys mm-hmm. that, that uh, come through Hasbro, mm-hmm. it also meant... Games? Oh, yeah. Yeah, video games like the the EA Sports... Um, EA Sports. It's the EA uh, Star Wars video games that have dropped. Uh, there's new ones that are coming out. There's also in all the t-shirts. I mean, I, I never had owned a Star Wars t-shirt. When mm-hmm. The Force Awakens came out, I bought two of them. Wow. Yeah. Never no three. I bought three Star Wars T-shirts. And I don't, I'm not. I'm not a huge Star Wars fan, but I was just in the hype. I was like, yeah, all right. I'll get a, the juice. I'll get here. a Kylo Ren T-shirt. <laughs> sure. And uh, not to mention, what am I missing? I'm missing the yeah, just you know, the merchandising as a whole because mm-hmm. it's just a it's a big thing. So yeah. they're they've made their money back. They've they've already made it back. Cha-ching. Yes, sir. Movies watch. Only watched one thing this past week, and that was comedians and cars getting coffee. And the only reason I watched that because I saw Eddie Murphy was on the title, and I was like, "Come on, come yes, on, sir. come on, man!" He still got the juice. He made me click on here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, <laughs> I, the exact same thing happened. And I, I, not, I love Jerry's show. Yeah, it's I, you brilliant. Know, we've talked about it before, right? But yeah, when I saw that first, I was like, I, I was, I was, I knew Eddie was in it when I saw the trailer. I was yeah. like, okay, which episode? And I said the first episode. Like, I'm, I'm watching it right now. Yeah, exactly. I watched that one, and then um, huh, I take it back. I watched another episode. It was one with Jamie Fox. Oh, see, I didn't watch anything else. Beyond. I yeah. just watched that one, and I had to, you know, go about my my business about mm-hmm. my day. But I'm going to watch the whole season. Yeah. What do you think of the episode with Eddie? It was uh, refreshing to see Eddie again, just kind of in retirement mode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he still got it, man. Conversational funny. Uh, uh, man, I just enjoyed it. And then the stuff that he was saying, like just like Bill Cosby, how Bill Cosby was kind of going at him. Oh, You know, man. telling him how to do his whole career and stuff. Like, whoa, wow, Bill. 
Starting to find out some things here. Man, Eddie was, uh, he had a couple things that he mentioned. And we, uh, spoiler alert, uh, if you hadn't seen the, yeah. the, the, yes, the, the episode yet, highly recommend checking it out. It's, it, it is fun. It's informative. And it's just, it feels good. It's like, man, we missed you, man. You yeah. know, and just hearing him talk about being a dad and all that. But he also, when he was talking about, like, Sammy. Uh, <laughs> Me, you know, my it, wife watches with me. We were dying. <laughs> we were talking about Sammy. You, you know, uh, uh, the devil is just as strong as as, as God is. <laughs> and he was like, "What are you, you talking about? What are you talking about that?" I was like, "What? <laughs> the, the devil is just just as strong as God is, Eddie. You, you gotta understand." I'm like, "What in the world?" <laughs> yeah, man, he let that one slip out, dude. <laughs> That's real though. Everybody man. knows. They know what's up over there in entertainment world. So apparently, an interesting thing is that um, apparently there's there's talks going on right now of Eddie uh, setting up a uh, potentially like a seventy million dollar deal with Netflix to return to stand up, which perfectly makes sense. I'm I'm positive all this was, was orchestrated. That he shows up on Jerry's show yeah. to talk about coming back because he's already planning all this, and then bam, you know now the rumors is that a are rumor out. Or is it is that serious? Man, this is gonna go down. This it, is um, to me. I'm like this is absolutely gonna go down. Um, it's being reported by multiple outlets, and the fact that it's came out just literally, you know, the same week that yeah. Jerry showed. Like this is this has been in the in the works because Eddie Eddie being out of the spotlight for so long. He wouldn't show up on, on, I think, Jerry's show. Just randomly. Uh, yeah, and then talk about coming. He said he was going to come back and do it again. Yeah. He says that in the episode. So it's, uh, and it's on Netflix already. So yeah, it's all, to me, it's all it's been Plus, he got out. the, you know, he got Dolomite, you know, the movie Dolomite coming out. Uh, oh, I so, forgot about that. Yeah, so that's. It, is he not supposed to be playing like Richard Pryor's dad in the Richard Pryor biopic that uh, they're working on? I don't even know if they're even, if that's a thing anymore. Yeah, that's always been a one that's been floating around Hollywood. Yeah, but I heard that he was going to be playing Richard Pryor's dad in that in that film. That would be great, but it's yeah. Uh, man. It was good to see Eddie again, man. It was. It was good to see. It was a good couple funny, him. a couple funny, uh, some some pretty funny moments in there as well. Mm-hmm. Just sharing his stories and I, I really enjoy the the whole comedian thing. I've been into that lately. I already told you, like during like my fifties, I think I just want to get on stage and just tour and just talk. I don't know. I'll probably bomb. But I don't know. I think it'll be fun. So not caring, mind. you know, not caring and just doing that. That's something that there's fun. something that when you when you can like you know when you can hold a crowd. Yeah, there's something special about that. Do you get a chance to see Aziz Azari's? Not yet. No, yeah, you. I think you're in for a treat, my friend. Okay. So I really enjoy the whole Eddie Murphy comedians and cars getting coffee. I like the trailer for that too because um, Jerry Seinfeld talks about how many other shows have stolen the yeah. idea. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Oh, I forgot that some of the name of shows like is it karaoke in a car and mm-hmm. some other things carpool karaoke car oh okay and that was after Seinfeld's show apparently what because his I think I remember him seeing on seeing him on Jay Leno uh-huh. talking about it at some point and I guess he'd been doing it for a while on, on some other platform yeah then eventually it came over to Netflix Got years it. years later Got it. those early episodes are, are were filmed earlier so. And the Netflix it. picked it up. I like it, man. I I enjoy it. Uh, now that I'm kind of studying comedians more and enjoying these podcasts with comedians, I can appreciate all these different perspectives. Uh, so again, I've been uh, just keeping up keeping up with some different shows. Again, Euphoria on HBO. I've been hearing some people saying some things like, "Dude, got to watch that." Dude, it I is think it was another movie referencing or another actor referencing the show. Uh, man, on HBO, right? Yeah, on HBO, Euphoria. Uh, 
Zendaya is crushing it on all the actors on there. All these young actors are mm-hmm. crushing it on this show. They are man just dealing with some they're dealing with some stuff that and it seems just like handled really well. I mean, all kinds of just modern stuff today, what's going down, whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, drug abuse, whether it's sexuality, like they're hitting it all and it makes you like think, man, what these kids are dealing with today, there's so much, but it's it's intense mm-hmm. and the acting is fantastic, but yeah, Euphoria on HBO. Euphoria. Um, again, still on my DC Universe, you know, my, my Young Justice uh, and, you know, Swamp Thing shows. Uh, Stranger Things is continuing to, to wow this season. It's a hit. It's yeah, a hit, man. son. It is going. I'm, uh, again, looking forward to Can't to, wait till you finish that one. Talk looking, about that a little bit. I'm looking forward to it, man. Uh, also, I've been I've been putting in time on a, on a, a brand new game. You know, I picked up a Nintendo Switch specifically for this game, man. Marvel Universe. Uh, or excuse me, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, uh, The Black Order. <laughs> uh, been a lot of fun. Um, okay. Played the, the first two games. Yeah, it's been 10 years since we've had a Marvel Ultimate Alliance. So those who may have played it you know, back on the Xbox 360 or the, the, the PS3, uh, if you have a Nintendo Switch... Uh, game's a lot of fun. You can play with the kids. If you, you know, if you, if you like the, if you like Marvel characters, this has so many of all your favorite ones from the MCU. The Guardians of the Galaxy, the Avengers are there, uh, and we've got we've got some X Men in the mix as well. Sounds dangerously addictive. Uh, I'm keeping it, it away from my child. It, 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 it is, <laughs> but it's fun, man. And the, even the art style is is a, is a little more like comic booky, mm-hmm. but the voice acting is is on point. The moves are cool. There's a lot of like. You know, join together of moves to for extra damage and um, and it's it's very uh, it's got a lot of spunk to it. Even like when each <laughs> when each character pops up on the screen, yeah. you know, does that kind of like freeze frame thing and has their name under underneath it has a little a little quick tagline about the character, mm-hmm. but it's very quippy and it's 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 cute how it's done. But uh, yeah, man, I've been I've been digging that game. Uh, and then one of our listeners and a, a friend of the show, yeah. uh, David Summons. Um, made a recommendation to us to to check out the uh, the Amazon Prime original series, The Boys. The Boys. Uh, he actually made that recommendation today, yeah. and I was already going to watch the show because The Boys is actually based on a, a graphic novel. Yeah, it's I didn't know that, and I saw the trailer yesterday. Oh yeah, and I saw uh, yeah the trailer was showing the the speedster running th- running through somebody, like literally just running through this guy's girlfriend. And oh, he's yeah. holding her hands. He's like, I can't stop. And he keeps going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Yeah, man. So in it, it's fascinating. In the actual graphic novel, that scene plays out where this guy is with his girlfriend in a in a, like a, a carnival or a park and is like doing that kind of kind of classic cheesy, you know, I'm holding my girlfriend, we're spinning around oh, and I'm man. holding her arms, and all of a sudden he's doing that, and all of a sudden the next panel, like he looks and you see something kind of go by and it's just her arms oh. in his hands, and he's like <gasps> You're like, wait, what? But yeah, it's the show is not for kids. Uh, for for one, <laughs> not for kids. It's superheroes, but it's 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 dark, kind of like Watchmen, dark. Nah. But it's dealing with some tr- some big tropes. You know, it's kind of like dissecting what it means to be, you know, heroes and, and, and kind of the collateral damage that yeah. that comes from that. And it's yeah, so far I'm three episodes in. Pretty good already. Yeah, I'm I'm digging. It's the production value is is good too. Really good production value. I've been impressed. Oh hell, they TV. put some money in. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what uh that's what I've been owning and watching. Okay, we're gonna jump right back into the show. 
Thanks for tuning in. We're talking about Training Day, directed by Antoine Fuqua, 2001, written by David Ayers, and starring Denzel Washington. Let's jump into the synopsis. On his first day on the job as a Los Angeles narcotics officer, a rookie cop goes beyond a full workday in training with a narcotics division of the LAPD with a rogue detective who isn't what he appears to be. Training Day. All right, man. Uh, training day. How did you watch the film in the past? This came out in two thousand one, dude. Like almost nineteen years ago. Like twenty, wow. almost twenty years ago. I mean, that's perspective. Yeah. Um. So I didn't. I didn't see it when it initially came out in the theaters. I heard a lot of buzz about it. I didn't watch it until maybe maybe about five years ago. Really? Yeah. Again, I was really really late uh, to to watch this. I kept hearing about it, and I knew Denzel had won his his Oscar for it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't watch it about. I'm gonna say about five. About five years ago, watched it. And I was like, "Oh wow, it's a really good movie." So yeah. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, no, it was really. It was, <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, it was really good. It, it, it lived up to the hype. I felt yeah. it lived up to the hype, and uh, I think I, I enjoyed it. I think even more watching it the second time around. Yeah, likewise. So, uh, how about you? I was caught up in the hype when it came out. You know, two thousand. Yes, yeah, two thousand one. Everybody was talking about it. Denzel's first time just like being like a straight up villain like that, and um, and it was controversy too. You know, they were saying like, you know, he should have. Why is it when he becomes a villain and he's like this thug guy and gets killed that he gets the Oscar where sure. people felt like he should have had that a long time ago for Malcolm X and some other. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, what was the name? Was that Glory? Was that Glory? He, uh, Glory he might have been that? nominated for a supporting actor. Um, he got, I know he got a Golden Globe for that. Oh, Golden Globe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were just saying, you know. That was like one of the controversies. Same thing with like Holly Berry, you know, when they felt like she probably should have got some things for losing Isaiah and some other things. But, you know, she gets one when she's in Monster Ball. Smashing. Smashing. Uh, Billy Bob. Billy Bob Ford. Man. And it was so raw that people were saying that they were actually doing something. I don't know. Y'all tell me, you know, y'all were there. Not me. But yeah, so I remember that controversy at the time. Um, so yeah, I watched it that year when it came out. I don't think I went to the theater, but uh, that was all over the world in bootleg. They probably that was probably million multi millions of dollars made off bootlegs. Oh, training day. Uh, yeah, Cause, yeah, because DVDs. I mean, DVDs and CDs. That was still a thing. And uh, I mean, DVD, yeah, still I watched it on DVD this time. But the bootleg game was pretty heavy. So, uh, but I watched it uh, the regular DVD. Because even though, like, bootlegging is good, I mean, not good, but even though bootlegging was a thing that everybody was, like, kind of pushing, I was always a stickler for quality. I don't want to watch a movie that's been recorded on some device in the theater and they're nah. pushing this. Like, I need to hear the the right quality the way it was intended to be seen. Agreed. And now that we're filmmakers, like, uh, I'm even... Oh, man. Even, yeah. even more I'm opposed. Like, how'd you get this? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, man, we got to make a living. That's right. Commentary. So the commentary itself... Uh, just has a director, the director, just Antoine Fuqua, but you know, no himself. rapping, no rapping. He knows that it's a commentary. He was sure <laughs> I'm being recorded here, right? Okay, <laughs> they can they can hear me. They can hear me. Ah. And uh, just holding his own. Uh, I actually enjoy those more, even though there were like some spots there where it was just like empty. And we're just watching the movie. Like, oh, this part we're watching the movie with him. That was cool with me. Uh, what do you think about the commentary overall? This guy knows his his craft. Um, yeah, and gives some some really really good insights to the actors. You know their performances. You know has a lot of praise. Again, I, I like when when directors have praise for um, 
the talent that they're working with, whether that's in front of the camera or behind the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, letting you know what happened, you know, at different locations and, and, and just how, how deep he was, like, enthralled in this. I mean, he obviously knows California. He knows the L.A., uh, Orange County area very well. Um, the research that went into this uh, with, 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 you know, not only gang members but also undercover uh, police officers uh, and it's like the, the messages and, and themes mm-hmm. that he constantly kind of reinforces throughout that he's talking about. It's, uh, it's some good insights. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of, uh, uh, I think I'm saying his name right, F. Gary Gray, okay, uh, the director of N.W.A. Mm-hmm. Um, straight out of Compton. Yeah, yeah, straight out of Compton. Was he on? Did he direct Friday? But he was in Friday. I think he directed Friday. But anyhow, just being part of that world uh, in general, like Ice Cube's world, and kind of being part of that, and like they were like. Basically, he's the guy to direct the, that film, that Straight Outta Compton. So I felt like he, uh, Antoine Fuqua, was the guy to direct this film. Even his agent was saying, this movie is yours. When they found the screenplay, this is your film. This is for you. I agree. I absolutely agree with it. it was, he was the, the right man for the job. Visual style. What do you think about the visual style? There's a lot, you know, kind of in contrast to uh, the previous film that, that we, that we um, talked about. Never Die Alone. This one has a lot of steady cam, yeah. Uh, like throughout, a lot of while there's some camera movement, it's it's often locked very, down. Yeah, locked down, very very steady. A lot of uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of dialogue in this film mm-hmm. um, between um, Denzel Washington and, and Ethan Hawke, um, but it but it works. Uh, and so having that camera steady in the over shoulder shots, or you know, going back and forth, you know, within the car, it works. It keeps mm-hmm. things close. Uh, and, and, and intense. Uh, there's an element of it of, of, of kind of like overall. It's like an element of realism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he uh, Fuqua mentions that you know to have a to have a film that that has grittiness to it, but doesn't have to look gritty in terms of the I guess the the shooting style. Yeah. Um, this has a gritty feel to it, but it's still it's a it's a good looking clean yeah, quote clean. unquote clean film. Sure. How about you, man? Definitely a master. I feel like he's a master director, you know, with his visual style and how he's telling the story, the story visually, high IQ of the visual language. Um, we get like real close to the characters at the beginning of the film, got the long lenses going in. We see their reactions. We see everything uh, to the point where it feels like we know them after like the first 15 minutes. But it's still, you know, it's gloomy, but it's still shot, you know, anamorphically on film. You know, this is early 2000s so still shooting on film it still feels like a movie <laughs> definitely like his uh visual the way that he's able to communicate something without telling you with the plot what it means like we see uh ethan hawk when what is he what's his name again uh jake hoyt uh that the character he's playing when he wakes up in the morning he's he's already up before the alarm clock goes up his arm you know as soon as the alarm goes off bam he hits it quickly Basically telling you that he probably hasn't slept. You know, he's just mm. already anticipating the day. Um, so, like, just little little things like that or showing the sun, like, visually. What does this mean when you see the sun? And we'll get into that a little bit later. But, I... yeah, just, like, little things like that. He's using images that may not necessarily even be in the screenplay, but he's using these images to kind of help tell the story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, things like, and even environments. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like crossing the 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 bridge, like kind of you, know, yeah, you refer to you know going deeper into into hell. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir. Um, what are some of the themes, man? Uh, so one of the themes that I had um, 
is he mentions this multiple times in the commentary, but meeting the devil, and I put slash you know seduction, yeah. like he he is being seduced by um, Alfonso. He is a devil. Yeah, he is a yeah. devil. He is seducing him in every <laughs> way possible um, through the ambitions that he has through through narcotics and drugs and mm. alcohol and just trying to corrupt him any way that he that he can. Uh, so yeah, that's one of the themes. Same as the last film, dealing with this type of genre, you have karma. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the choice. Like, what's the choice going to be? I put one of uh, honor amongst thieves because even within the the society, uh, no, the environments that mm-hmm. that they are navigating, uh, even within gangs, there's a certain degree of honor. Yeah. Um, and and by the way, if this is your first time listening to filmmaker commentary, please know that there will be. Spoilers. Spoilers. You've been midwarned. Yeah. Um, but even later on, when uh, Jake is at the place of, of you know being potentially killed by these gangsters in the bathtub, the fact they see that he had done a heroic deed earlier and saved that guy's nephew, or that 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 gangster's niece, mm-hmm. they honor that. Yeah. Um, it's a code. So it's like yeah. people want to view these people as all oh, these people are the same, and this mm-hmm. is what they do. And don't realize that there's like, like they call a G code. There's a code. There's a gangster. There's a street code that they live by, that the officers have to live by. And there's something happens whenever you violate those codes. And either the streets are going to deal with you or the legal system will deal with you. But yeah, there's a code between all these people. Yes, sir. They're different organizations. I had a, a theme of just time. You know, at the very beginning, we see in the sun come up from dusk till dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always and we see like Lonzo like kind of always watch looking at his watch. We see uh, Hoyt again, you know, looking at the clock. So time is always kind of being reminded. It's kind of in the background, mm-hmm. and it's kind of it's very cool to see Denzel his character, like how he's playing his character against his time. His time is running down, like he's losing it. You know, he's yeah. <laughs> he's losing control and grip as it, as it's counting down. And that's something that really. You know, after a second, after watching it, I as well three times through. Really, that whole aspect of of him having set up this whole thing uh, really impressed me from just a storytelling standpoint. Uh, again, this script being written by David Ayer, I'm like, man, this is this is a pretty amazing script. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I can appreciate that theme and and kind of going along that, I put you know chestnut checkers mm-hmm. that there is there is a, a constant mental. Uh, game being played between Alfonso and Jake, even yeah. even from the beginning, you know, and it's taken it takes a little while for Jake to figure out the game mm-hmm. uh, and to figure out honestly which side Al- Alfonso was on. Is Excuse Alonzo? me, I'll say, I'll say Alonzo. I was just oh, no really scrolling down. I'm like, why don't I say Alfonso? Alonzo to figure out what side Alonzo was on, but yeah, and, and, and again, Alonzo even says, "Hey, this is this is this is checkers, not chess." No, this is chess, not checkers. You know, he, he just tells him. There's so many. He has so many great lines in, oh, this, yeah. in this in this movie. Oh yeah. Um, you know, it takes wolf to catch a wolf, and but yeah. And then one last thing I put is, how far will you go for your ambitions? What are some tropes, man? Do we have some tropes? Yes, sir. Uh, good cop, bad cop. There you go. Classic. <laughs> classic. That is a classic. Uh, there's a always the Mexican standoff. Mm. Uh, well. I guess only one cop has the gun. Denzel's trying to get the gun between uh, towards the end of the film when uh, Hoyt has the gun. It's like 
saying off and why he's doing this is like a, he's going through this monologue <laughs> yeah well even when they're in the space and they um they kill roger you know and yeah uh, there you and go he grabs that's a, a shotgun one. from that's a yeah, one. he gets the shotgun from alonzo yeah uh and has it has it dialed on him his, his boys have have him have uh jake surrounded yeah that's a better example of a mexican standoff you sure you sure another trope i saw yeah, it's not really a, a trope. I would say just the 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 crooked cop kind of who who kind of rough roughs up the the criminal element and is is kind of playing uh, playing them against each other. Again, mm-hmm. that's kind of still tying into good cop bad cop. Mm-hmm. But you know, we see that throughout. I mean, this guy just yeah, that's is just screwing over shaft. everybody. I mean, any movie you can kind of put that cop in, making everybody a part of his network, his mm-hmm. his informants. You know. I'm just you know seeing the corruption go higher up even to the guys that he's meeting with and aspires to be when he's at that restaurant at the table. I see like it reminds me of a light version of that is like Chris uh, Tucker and Rush Hour. Come on, man! We mm. <laughs> like he's just always trying to uh, get information out of people, and it just sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. But that's just a, it's a light, very light version of that. Very very light. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for trivia? Trivia. All right, so. Uh, again, I mentioned earlier that when that car is going, um, when, when Fuqua used kind of this different uh, methods of kind of showing that when that car is going past the bridge, just kind of deeper into into quote unquote mm-hmm. hell. But he makes a reference to uh, Apocalypse Now, and which we've also done how the that boat, the further mm-hmm. it goes in, uh, is going yeah, yeah. just f- further into. Oh man, into that was hell. so creepy. I was like, oh man, what a nice, nice correlation. I just, yeah. I just appreciated that. Uh, so he's done his homework when Fuqua is doing yes. his homework. Yes, we are. So are we, Fuqua. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> he was friends of a lot of undercover cops. Uh, he said so-called gangsters. Um, so having those friends of undercover cops and kind of knowing how to get into that world and how an undercover cop would be to help tell this story. Also, he mentions that the, the lingo in the streets and in the hoods changes constantly yeah uh, and part of that is not just for the sake of a fad or a trend it's to keep the cops off balance so they don't know what's going on yeah uh, I was like well that makes sense yeah, but it's interesting that there's constantly you know, new words and new vernacular and new slang that's so you can you know keep the cops off, off balance they don't know what you're talking about it's funny uh, you see um, Alonzo when he said I didn't know you liked to smoke PCP no I didn't know you liked to get you wet, wet. He's like, what do you mean? PCP, Angel Dust, then like start labeling the list of all the names of the PCP drug, the street terms for him. So just to kind of go, he's up on things in regards to what the new words are going to be. Speaking of Denzel, uh, when Fuqua mentioned, he just has an amazing memory Mm -hmm. that he like almost rarely saw him write anything down, but like you'll have and do something in a conversation, and then you know several scenes later he'll use that you know use that line uh, and, there, and he did a lot of uh, improv like they said these guys you know, they're v- very method yeah uh, and they were like they were these characters while they were on set and like a lot of times you know they were just kind of just going and, and, and going <laughs> it was funny because uh, he said Denzel basically became Alonzo he's basically Alonzo on set he said it's horrifying <laughs> oh man it's horrifying to have Alonzo on set <laughs> Just like he's there most of the time. He's like, yeah, it's going to be horrifying at times. So what, you going to roll that camera? You want that camera right now? Hmm? What? Am I, am I on? Am I up? What? Yeah, I, that would be terrifying. Just seeing like 
him transform, like he said, just transforming before you. That's creepy. Um, Antoine Fuqua, he wrote a script based on a book called Monster. I need to look into that. Right. I'm, I'm, that could be a, a pretty interesting read and appropriately titled. They shot in the Imperial, Imperial Court and shot in the Watts. And there, you know, these are like considered like some dangerous places. You don't just roll up in these places like, hey, how's it going, guys? Because, you know, some people outside of the world of, you know, L.A. may not know how serious the gang culture really is and how many generations uh, grandmothers, granddads like have been in this game for a long time. And it's part of their everyday life. And other people may not be aware of that. So you can't just go in there like everything's OK. Uh, (laughs) but anyhow in there that you know they had a lot of shootouts between cops and the locals there so there's there's a history of violence and some of these locations and uh yeah also they shot in the pine wood known as the jungle which is the headquarter for the damus Mm. the who damu uh d-a-m-u-s hope i'm saying that right guys Make sure you're covered. Yes. No, no offense. No, mm. not. no offense, guys. <laughs> Come on now. I'm from Texas. <laughs> oh, man. Um, one, one interesting uh, bit of trivia also that, that Fuqua mentioned was that the the two leads, originally how they were written, weren't necessarily written for any uh, particular race, at least according to the screenplay and according to really? Fuqua. Yeah. There's a, a guy named Bone. He was the one that was like, we put our own work in around here, you know, and gave uh, what's his uh, gave Alonzo the gun, you know, when Ethan Hawke had sure. him, you know, pinned down. He said, we put our own work in around here. That guy was, do you remember when uh, Suge Knight was running over all these people on set and he went to jail for all that? Okay. Did you ever see that footage or any of that? Uh, a little bit. Bone, Bone was one of the guys he ran over. Oh, wow. Like, what? And he wouldn't testify in court because he said he didn't want to be a snitch. How gangster is that? Bone, you the real deal. <laughs> the snitch mentality. Yeah, if, yeah. It, I'll tell you. if it was somebody like yo, him did it. <laughs> that him, was him, him, the big guy in the red suit. That was him, him. over there. Yes, where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he got man. ran over. If you, it's a brutal video. If you look at him, one of those guys died. I remember hearing about that. That's yeah, it was that's terrible. It's disgusting. Uh, any more trivia? That's all trivia I got. One more trivia. Uh, Eminem was considered for the role that Ethan Hawke is in. Interesting. Wow. Which Eminem decided not to take the role because he had to keep his schedule open for Eight Mile, uh-huh. which he ended up getting an Oscar for Best Song, "Lose Yourself." That's right. And uh, how crazy would that would have been, though? Like having, <laughs> like having Eminem in the role in this role, and then you got. Dr. Dre, you got Snoop, like that. The whole label is right there. That would have been very interesting. That would have been very interesting. Aftermath and Eminem would have pulled it off, but uh, I, I don't know. After seeing Ethan Hawke play it, um, it's hard to imagine anybody else. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, Eminem teeing off with Denzel. I don't know. See, and that's the, so that's the thing because Denzel did a lot of improv and was like kind of messing with 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 Ethan. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ethan had to just be on his toes and, just, and react in character. I don't know if Eminem would have been able to to do that mm-hmm. uh, and stay in character. I, I don't know. I see him as a as a cop at that stage in his in his life slash career. Um, yeah. Because when he does Eight Mile, I mean, he's it's kind of I mean that that film is I'm assuming it's somewhat maybe Sign my, yeah almost you know, yeah autobiographical. So I'm like, hmm, 
I don't know, Sean. I don't know, but again, yeah, Ethan Hawke did did his thing, so yeah. I'm glad they. I'm glad Fuqua went uh, went with him. Do we have any quotes? I mean, of course, there's tons of quotes, right? But I only got oh, a few because uh, you you might as well just play the movie. Seriously, there's so many great opportunities for quotes out, out, out of this. Denzel's a quote machine. Yeah. Uh, one I, one that I have is that um, protect the sheep. To protect the sheep, you have to catch the wolf, uh, and it it takes a wolf to catch a wolf. Mm-hmm. I like in um, throughout the film, uh, Alonzo was like, "You want to go telling these chem- chem- uh, criminals? You want to go to jail? You want to go home? You want to like any anytime he's trying to like get somebody to rat on somebody else or whatever he's trying to do to manipulate somebody. And then at the very end, you know, we see that Hoyt has flipped it on him. You want to go to jail? Yeah. You want to go home? He's like, I want to go home. <laughs> Yeah, man, like, oh, oh man. man, got you with your own line. Man. I like, man, that's that's beautiful. He says, it's no fun when the rabbit got the gun. So it's... <laughs> when um, Jake's character uh, rescues the, the young girl from being raped, and then uh, Alonzo comes in and starts, you know, beating down the guys. Yeah. And one of the guys tells him, uh, yeah, he tells me, you know, oh, you, know you, ever, you ever been to, um, what do they call it? The booty, the booty something we I mean, basically talking about jail and the guy says oh man you could suck my you know you know he used the d word and then i was like yeah that's how it starts it's how it starts he's like, smiling oh, <laughs> like, like, like you brush it off he just coming with those little quick lines just just like he did in um uh the other film that we did uh, uh spike lee spike lee inside, inside man, man. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a pina colada <laughs> <laughs> coming with it and he smiles when he does it that's what makes it just hit yeah man I like Snoop Dogg's line. Smell like bacon in this mother. Oh, <laughs> I was watching this with the wife. She's like, bacon? What is he saying? Pigs. They're pigs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. But the way he hit the line, he's like, man, that's Snoop all day. That's just, he's just playing himself if he was still in these streets. <laughs> Snoop, Snoop, he's also one of those ones. He has some, has some good uh, I think, talent, natural talent. Yes, indeed. Um, one well, of my favorites at the, towards the end of the film. Um, ah, you son of a bitch. You <laughs> shot me in the head. Shot me in the head. Oh, man. The way that Denzel delivered that, man, is just it's gold, man. It's just gold. Oh, man. Of course, the, you know, it's just not checkers. Like, just the way that he's doing his voice and, like, the way he's looking and the inflections. It's like, dude, he's 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 that guy. Yeah. This guy's he's, nuts. He's suic- He's psychotic. Yeah, <laughs> sociopathic. Just he's dialed in. Mm-hmm. Um, when they when they go in to uh, meet Macy Gray's character. Oh yeah, and he's asking about the warrant and just just so casual because he's just just giving out so information so fast. He's just like, "You stand over there and don't get me killed, okay, new guy." Yeah, you know, just, <laughs> just get him direct. He's like, "You stand over there and don't get me killed, okay, new guy." And then, bam, they're ready to go in. Uh, but yeah, we could do so many more quotes, but yeah. that's that's all I got. Watch the movie. Yes. If you haven't seen it. Yeah. I mean, where have you been? Um, do you have any favorite scenes? Um, I'll say that the, the, the first car ride, just that exchange. Yeah. Uh, him kind of just, you know, laying out what they do. And it's just so much that happens there that kind of sets up the, the rest of the film and their their dynamic, that constant mm-hmm. pull of him testing, you know, who, who uh, Jake is and... Let them know what this lifestyle is like. Indeed, um, 
one of mine just the introduction scene you know Lonzo this is the first time I've seen him we like we don't know what to think of him you know he's got this hat on is he Muslim what is, you know he got the jewelry on so he's still kind of you know in tune with fashion a little bit of the time um, so but Jake's just a scruffy white guy just kind of like hey you know hey fresh face let's talk cop stuff um, just like yeah just like the contrast stark contrast between the two how they talk how they dress how they look it's like man this guy's intense from the very beginning this guy's trying to be his friend and he keeps interrupting him and you know he's just trying to read his newspapers he's just got the nervous energy and it's the first day of shooting and so it just it works perfectly so that introduction is pretty it lets us know what the tone is going to be well even when he you know offers him food on his dime and says no then he thinks he wants to you know well I, I will tell you something no you missed that you, you, you messed that up <laughs> like, he's just so straightforward like just constantly finding ways to, to show that he's in control yeah uh, makes him pay the bill you know at the end you know there's pockets on, on either side pick one pay the bill boom and it just cuts <laughs> boom walking across the power street power, doing the walk across the street like the cop the cars like have to stop for him Speaking of, of of quotes, we can't you know forget the quote. I'm King Kong. Oh yeah, yeah I yeah. run this. We, we can't what leave that way. Uh, uh, I run this. Y'all just live here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah, when the ego has just taken over the bathtub scene. I just I like how that that plays out because yeah. we see that in all the temptations that Jake has gone through through that day. The, the one true act of heroism that he had when he was truest to himself saves his life in the in the end because he was done mm-hmm. he was dead to rights and the fact that he saved that girl and picked up that wallet and had it in his back pocket that's the only thing that saved him and it almost didn't work because like the guy was like wait wait before you shoot him let me get the money out so mm-hmm. like he, there's like the tension there because like what what oh yeah he did have that oh we forgot about this thing Here's the other thing. That good act not only saves Ethan, but it also condemns uh, Alonzo because that allows Ethan to, to catch up. With Otherwise, Alonzo would have would have gotten off, would have gotten the money there in time and kept going. Yeah. So that good act saved one and, and, and condemned the other. We had to screw over a lot of people to get that money. Oh, yeah. Rough out here. Uh, I like the movie as a whole. I didn't have any more favorite scenes, but just... Uh overall it's great I'd say in that, in that same scene again where they're saving the girl and he's just really pushing up on that guy mm-hmm. um, it hits him with the with the Denzel throat chop you know, like, <laughs> like from you know, He Got Game so, what it's like oh man hit him with the throat chop yeah, man I, yeah I, I, I would not want to get into a fight with Denzel man <laughs> Denzel he would pull that move out real quick yeah. hit him with hmm? the throat you got chop something to say? Uh, now it's time for filmmaker tips bling <laughs> 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 he um Antoine Fuqua he mentioned that he was watching TV and he saw Ethan Hawke. I don't know what exactly he was referring to. Um but after seeing him on television, he sat down with him for four, four hours just kind of talking about the movie and he was like uh Ethan Hawke is this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, has a wife and a young child yeah. I think at the time as well. Mhm. And uh, so when he was scouting, you know, you can scout your talent on TV. Now, I'm not sure if he knew Ethan beforehand or how the thing is, but basically he he did mention that he was watching him on TV specifically. And um, that's kind of where it started. Which, again, at times you can also allow your actors to bring 
you know, a part of themselves into the role. That mm-hmm. helps when they can find something they can identify with, knowing that, again, uh, Ethan is playing the role of Jake, who was, at the end of the day, a man trying to get back home to his wife and kids. I had a tip of, you can kind of mention, mention this, but getting into the, the, the pulse of the streets and of, of that world. And this, this film, I think, does a really, really good job of that. I mean, we are taking this tour of these various parts right. of L.A. and Orange County and seeing the culture and, and, and street mm-hmm. life and real people who are in the film who are living that lifestyle. And that was also another reason why Denzel wanted uh, Fuqua to direct, because he knew this world um, and he could put his characters in this world. And um, from wherever you stand in your world as a director, filmmaker, uh, exploit what you have access to mm-hmm. that maybe other people may not necessarily get access to easily and explore your world, make it more personal. And I think this is why Antoine Fuqua was attracted to this script. Uh, didn't our, 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 our director of Boogie Nights mention something very similar? You know, you have a perspective. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yes. He mentioned mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You have a perspective to, to, to share from your, your corner of the, of the world, what you know, you yeah. can uh, bring that out to the masses. Indeed. You know, let actors work. Uh, you know, within their method, and let them um, let them be prepared to to give their best performance. Uh, again, these actors were locked in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Macy Gray and her cameo. I didn't notice that was her the first time I I I, uh, I watched this prior, but you know, Anton Fuqua showed her the 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 scene, and she went and got a wig and mm-hmm. and got her you know had nice long nails and. Uh, came out and she did her did her thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gave her some direction. Um, what did he say? Play it how how you would feel in this situation. Mm-hmm. And that's all the direction that she needed. That freed her up. Yeah, freed her up. Um, uh, so kind of going with giving your actors room, like they kept him and uh, uh, want to say him, Denzel and Ethan. They were just they would just keep going after he would say cut. They're still talking as these characters as rock. Yeah. Like he said, man, I couldn't capture it all. Like I would have to shoot on video. Hence the reason why people like Robert Rodriguez and now that we're in a digital world of shooting on the red and Airy Lex and all that stuff just keep it rolling you know sometimes Robert doesn't even say action he just mm-hmm. keeps it going keeps it rolling because you never know but also know how much post-production that's going to create right. you know so be careful filmmakers out there when you're doing shooting that way but in this case you know when you got Denzel Washington Ethan Hawke and they're just spitting golden dialogue <laughs> and you hear him mention several times about yeah. stuff they had to edit down. Like right. when they bust the kids, the college kids who were buying the weed. Like he said, Denzel, I just, you know, he was just saying all kinds of stuff to him. And, yeah. and just, he was just, he was just in, in the zone. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they knew what they had to trim down and also to stay with the tone. Because that, that scene had far more humor in it uh, originally. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just... You know, knowing what you're going to cut and trim and, and what's going to stay true to your themes. It's a quote from that scene. He was just like, they look like college students going to school today. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> he mentioned like, you know, L.A., you know, they shot in real locations. Um, and he mentioned because L.A. is a character within itself and nothing is as it appears to be in Los Angeles. That's good. That's good. So instead of like doing like a lot of rehearsal, uh, Antoine Fuqua, he had a lot of... Uh, they they just brought in gang members. They brought in undercover cops mm-hmm. to sit and kind of talk um, about the movie. You know, you could feel the kind of tension, and they were just kind of breaking down why an undercover cop would do this or why a gang member may feel this way about a certain situation. And uh, it was more of a character study 
instead of just reading lines. They basically need to have a better understanding of the people they were portraying because you don't want to offend a lot of you don't want you don't want it to come off like stereotypical. You don't want to offend people. You want to keep it as authentic as it can be. I think they did a good job of that. Again, seeing that again the the honor you know amongst different different groups, every subset, every group, whether you're an officer or you're you know a gangster. Or you know, citizen. Everybody has their 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 own codes and, and mm-hmm. expectations. Uh, the the Russians, you know, had their guidelines. And mm-hmm. um, but the thing is, is that uh, Alonzo crossed them all. It's like ultimately he didn't respect anybody but himself. Yeah. And in every arena, he's rubbing people the wrong way. You know, his 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 dime. If you will, you know, Eva Mendez and his and his son through 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 her. Shout out to Eva Mendez. Hey, Eva, <laughs> man, yes, yes. So, but that Alonzo was just doing everybody dirty. Yeah, you know, he's screwing over everybody. I'll tell you what, though, the, one of the setups that just man and, and Fuqua explained it was when they're when they're visiting. Uh, Roger and oh, that whole yeah. scene and, and when Fuqua says the whole purpose of that scene was for Alonzo to find out what Roger was doing later on so he said, that's the whole purpose of the scene because wow. he asked him what do you get into later on and he said oh I'm just going to sit around and uh, you know just you know, you know whatever I'm going to be, be here that whole purpose of that visit so was to terrible. find out what he was doing later on so he could they, they could you know, get in and, and get his money. Terrible. And I'm like, whoa, it, it kind of it blew my mind. I'm like, yeah. dude. Because um, with that scene, that's the only problem that in my brain couldn't, no, I figured it out, but the scenery looked different. So when we see Roger for the first time, we're, we're pulling up, it's like, okay, it's a little house on the hill. We're going up from the front part of the house. But when we go in to break into the guy's house, it seems like it's like more ran down house because I guess it come from the backside of the house or something mm. like that. It just looks completely different than when the first time we see Roger. So uh, it kind of takes a brain, like the imprint of what we thought the house was going to be. When we see it the second time, it's a different. It feels like it's a different house until they get inside. And um, I was like, what what happened here? It just looked like a different location mm. from the exteriors. But uh, once they get inside, like, oh, okay, we're back at old boy's house. Yeah, man. But yeah, that yeah. When he when he said that, I'm like, oh man, that's smart. That this whole day, he has been just plotting how, and he, and he says he says as much. You know, you've been planning this, you know, all day. No, he's like all week. I've been planning this all week. Wow, just not checkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, Denzel. So again, kind of going back to what you said earlier about some people when you know looked at the performance and said, oh, you know, when Denzel plays, you know, he plays this this, this bad guy, you know, then he gets the award. Man, he earns every bit of this of this award, man. True. He is his his I performance remember, is phenomenal. It is this, it man. is phenomenal, but I remember Denzel maybe he was just playing it down, but he said it wasn't a stretch. When he was talking I forgot who he was talking to, but he said this character wasn't a stretch. Mm. Like, damn. Well, I've heard people say that playing angry yeah. at times is the, the easiest uh emotion mm-hmm. to sometimes bring out in in, in but, but yeah, I agree with you though. Like this like man. Give me that Oscar. And also, it's, it's the quality of the film. The overall film is such high quality. And again, him playing off Ethan, I don't know, it just works. And he 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 is fearless in this. When he when he shoots his guns, like he does, his eyes he's not blinking. Yeah. He's just, oh yeah, that's hard to do. That, exactly. Yeah. I, I was like, yo, that's that's yeah. gangster. That's practice. Yeah, because those blanks, I mean, are still dangerous and firing off. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's impressive. 
when they was say uh when uh uh Hoyt when he said he had a Beretta. I'm like, watch out for the Beretta bite. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, I like Yeah, from uh Death Wish. There you go. Gotcha. Um I like uh Denzel's character. What they call the I want to say character uh, archetype quirk, quirks oh. or the things that a character does or I can't think of the name y'all actors help me out out here but um, the traits that a uh, character may have so Denzel he'll grab his guns and wire them in the holsters and he'll put them together or he'll rub something together and do that mm-hmm. and this character does that quite a bit with a lot of things when he gets to two bricks of, of the money and he yeah. slaps them together boom boom, boom. boom. You know what I'm saying? So, like, he would do that. I forgot. There's a name for that. The, his physical traits, his tells. Probably. His, uh, yeah. uh, but there's an actor term from it. I just, I just can't think of it. But I picked it up big time in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed those things, too, man. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, man. When he gets excited about something, he, like, yeah, he, he brings things, taps them, and brings them close to the, to the chest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a master at work, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Uh, one more. Uh, Antoine Fuqua, uh, he talks about he likes to shoot, like, his second unit stuff. Yes. Um, second unit, if y'all don't know, is just basically another camera unit that goes out. And usually it's to shoot like the car jumping off a bridge or blowing up and doing all this stuff. While you can still focus on your main character doing whatever it needs to, whatever they're doing. Uh, but he was saying that he likes to shoot that stuff because if the person that's on the second unit doesn't have the, your eye and it could possibly be a different vision or a different version of your movie. Right. Give your film a different, a different look. And sometimes if you're not going for that, then obviously you don't want that. Mm-hmm. And usually you would want second unit, especially when you have like tons of cameras and you're doing uh, this big spectacle. But he says, okay, you know, to dial that down and <laughs> just shoot it yourself. He wanted this film to not have to look quote unquote gritty, but let the the story and the action make it gritty. It really does, man. I'll tell you what, man. Denzel is fantastic at dying in films. <laughs> He's really good at dying. Because I think of the movie uh, Safe House with him and Ryan Reynolds. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. I haven't seen it. (laughs) Oh, dang. Sorry about that. No worries. Sorry about that. No worries. It's not been on the list. No. It's not. It's good. Is it? Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's a solid film. He had to help write the script for that one. Oh. A lot of scripts that he gets, he's like, he has to add his own dialogue and well he collaborated with 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 Fuqua he's, he's a collaborator man uh, he collaborated with Fuqua he's collaborated he's with he's done so Spike. much that he's like why not written by Denzel yeah. that'll be a dope script yeah well again yeah, in the uh, behind the scenes with uh, Inside Man he talks about you know wanting to make his directorial, directorial debut to start directing and he's done several films yeah he did great debaters and he also did um did he do what's eating Antoine Fisher? Did he do that? Antoine one? Fisher? Yeah, I bet it's difficult though. You you're trying you're directing and acting, bruh. Bradley Cooper, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I'm not saying it's uh that's difficult. I agree. <laughs> and I'm like, man, how <laughs> And I heard like some actors saying that it's just like you can't be like one hundred. You can't be one hundred percent I'm director or one hundred percent I can just be the actor and just be directed. <laughs> man. Yeah, I don't, man. I don't know, man. I, I, again, I, I think it, it, it is an amazing thing to to do, uh, and I, I marvel. I marvel at those who who do it because the director wears so many hats already as is, and then now you are talent. Yeah, practice, hard work. Gotta love it. Overall, good film. Recommend it. Yes, sir. Um, what are we getting into next time? Next time we are going to check out Shane Black's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. 
since we're on this shoot 'em up stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of trying to look for another urban action drama. Like Action Jackson or something? Or? No, just, some, you know, some more urban some more urban stuff. I wonder if Juice has a commentary. Let's see. The director was... Um, Ernest Dickerson. Yeah. Do we want to see another brother go nuts? <laughs> <laughs> and end tragically. <laughs> That'd be three in a row. Mm. <laughs> For real, man. When you some of the... <laughs> brother survives. Yeah. Okay. Can we get one way he gets away as a villain? Do we have that? Because we had what? Demolition Man. We got DMX. And now we got Denzel. All starting with D's. <laughs> Man. So you're saying you see some patterns. I don't know. Juice does have an audio commentary track by Ernest Dickerson. What do you want to do, Blue, man? The Blu-ray does. What you want to do, man? No, nah, let's hold off on. Let's, let's go hold with uh, okay. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Cool. And then I want to get back to The Godfather. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Melancholy. Yeah. And where else can you catch us? Facebook.com forward slash filmmaker commentary. You can also like, rate, and subscribe and review us on iTunes. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud as well as Stitcher Radio. You can follow Reginald Titus Jr. on Twitter at Reggie Titus and also on Instagram at Reginald Titus Jr. That's J-R. Um, you can also follow me at either Twitter or Instagram simply at KCGSmith32. Uh, you can also reach out to us on Instagram simply at Filmmaker Commentary. If there is a, a movie or film that has commentary that you want us to review, please hit us up on the following channels and, uh, and let us know and we'll be happy to check it out. Until next time, peace, respect. <laughs> <laughs>